Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. We are here doing something a little different today. I've got uh, a pre-recorded interview that I did with Willie T. Ribs about his incredible new documentary called Uppity, the Willie T. Ribs story, which is now available on Netflix. So after this interview, after you've heard me talk with him, you should definitely go watch it on Netflix. And then if you don't have Netflix, uh, find a friend who does have Netflix and go stay over their house and watch it. Anyway, listen up and thanks for listening. Bye. With that being said, I just wanted to talk, say again, thank you so much for your time. And then if we could just really sort of uh, dig into this, this documentary that you've got, the Willie T. Uppity, the Willie T. Rib story, which, as, as everyone should know by now, is obviously available on Netflix, DVD, and Blu-ray. I think it's at, at chassis.com is, is where it's available to purchase. Is that correct? Correct. And that's chassis and, with a Y, C-H-A-S-S-Y. Yeah, and so how did this documentary sort of come about? Can you sort of go into a little bit of detail on that for us? Well, uh, I got a call from Adam Carolla, oh, this four or five years ago, regarding uh, a documentary they were doing on Paul Newman, The Racing Life of Paul Newman. And Newman, yep. uh, and Newman and I were very close. He was very instrumental in my career uh, professionally. And, uh, we did, uh, we, I did an appearance in the, in, in the Newman film. And after the Newman film was completed, they called me, uh, back, uh, months later and said, we, we think, uh, uh, we'd like to do a story on you. And, and, and it's a, and we think it would be a hell of a story. And I said, under, under one condition, and that condition is that we do not uh, sweep anything under the rug. Uh, there's going to be some butts hurt, but yep. that's why they got butts. That's why, that's exactly. why you got a butt, because it's going to get hurt sometimes. Exactly. And so what was the process then from having that initial conversation to then sort of seeing it up live and going into And how did that sort of, what's the time frame and how long did that take? And, and what were the steps that went through that? Well, Actually, from start to finish was three and a half years. And, okay. And you know, we went over. Of course, we were in uh, in in London, uh, interviewing uh, uh, the the legend himself. He's more like the godfather of all of auto racing, Bernie Ecclestone. And um, we, you know, Bernie and I, uh, been friends from the time I arrived in England, just about. And to this day, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of people said that, oh, he won't be interviewed. Mr. Ecclestone does not talk about anyone other than himself. <laughs> yep. He lost that bet. They lost that <laughs> bet big time. So, um, so we, we, of course, were there. We were in New Mexico with Bobby Unser and Al Unser Jr. And we were in Indy interviewing at uh, with uh, the president of uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And so by the time we've got, you know, all the players uh, in the can and, yep. you know, then, then, then editing it, it was three and a half years. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, there's tell there's a lot of, there's a lot of effort that's gone into the production. I mean, it's an incredible production and truly is an incredible story. And like you say, you certainly don't sweep anything, uh, under the carpet, so to speak, you, you tell it like it is. And it was, 
incredibly interesting for me, obviously growing up in a little bit of a later time period to learn all about you and, and what you were able to achieve and what you were able to accomplish against all the, the, the pressure that was up against you from the outset. Well, you know, actually it was fun. Remember that scene in The Godfather, not The Godfather, but in Scarface with Al Pacino and after that shootout they had, they asked him, uh, wow, that was dangerous, wasn't it? Sorry about your yeah. friend who lost his life. He says, it was fun. Well, that's how I regarded it. Well, it that's, I mean, that's, and, it's, and, a good, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, well, I, I love opposition. I it, It's sort of, it, it, it actually, it's exciting, almost almost stimulating to me to get that pushback and the end of fight and, and, and getting fist fights and, uh, and all, and the death threats and all that N word that was used against me. Yep. That was a turn on. That was a turn on. And a lot of people, especially African-Americans that I've interviewed with, they asked me, well, how did you take it? Did it ever make you feel bad? Did you, were you ever depressed? I said, hell no. <laughs> that was fun. Well, I, I really like that that way that it was seemed to like sort of fuel the fire. This and then, I guess it, you could say from what I took from watching the documentary was it just it gave you that that drive and that competitive edge, and that's what I really really like to see how you're able to to push that through and deliver. Well, I mean, no one was as tough as my grandpa. <laughs> if you could handle uh, being on the ranch with him. You can handle anything. So um, that that was, uh, and and I wanted to show him, and you know he sort of, you know, threw down the challenge to me. You know, uh, can you uh, can you handle those those people? And I just yep. let him know that yes, sir, I I can and did. No, I think you did him incredibly proud. I think from what you did, from what you've achieved. Um, with that being said, though, would you suggest that anyone who's an up-and-coming uh, driver of sorts is that they go out to the farm and learn to go spend that time on the farm and go do that kind of thing, the, the preparation? Well, let me tell you, if I had, if if the parents in this country who had kids from, I would say, uh, eight years old up to 16, they leave me with their kids. There'd be a lot different kids in this in this country today, a lot yeah. different. Because I'd, I'd be working the hell out of them every day. So, work, work, so that get dirty. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So that's the the thing. You think it's the hard work and the ethic behind it is the what that helps make you succeed, and you think that's what makes people successful. You bet. You bet. Yeah. There was no all these. Uh, uh, child psychologists and these uh, uh, shrinks out there that uh, want to set kids down and, and drug them up with, with whatever antidepressants. You know what a good antidepressant is? It's called a shovel. And we, there's a hundred, there's a hundred foot ditch, 10 by 10, 10 inches deep by 10 inches wide. By the time you get finished digging that ditch, son, you won't be depressed anymore. You're going to be damn no. tired, and you're going to want to go to bed. I I, I think you're letting off really early, early, easily if you're only letting them do it in 10-inch ditch. I mean, when I had to do it, it was two feet deep, and it was two, a foot wide and two foot deep. Well, oh, my word, I learned my lesson after that one. 
<laughs> well, a hundred foot of ten by ten, that's a lot of dirt. It is. It's, it's a. It's a. It's a good. It's let's just say it's a good uh, energy drainer for them. Yep. Yep. And that's how I was raised, and and I'll stand by it. I, I just can't. I, I don't believe in in crying about being bullied or or I'm bored or I I don't I can't subscribe to that at all. Sure. And then when we talk, look back at the documentary, which I've obviously had the pleasure of watching and really enjoyed it, um, what uh, you talk about how your father started to do some driving. What was the? How did your dry, uh, father get into doing some driving and doing some racing? Where did all that come from? Well, my dad's friends all raced motorcycles. You know, and my grandfather had a very successful business. And mm-hmm. for a black man to start to 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 start a business in 1927 and by the time World War II was over he was very uh, he had a lot of money okay yep uh and he uh, it was real estate in his in his business and so my family and my dad my uncle they all had the money to do what they wanted to do and so my dad liked racing motorcycles cuz his buddies were motorcycle racers that he grew up with and yep. it started there. So I was introduced to racing uh, from the time I was born. Started with motorcycles, and then when my dad got older, he went into racing sports cars. So that was my intro. And I knew at age nine what my career was going to be. There was no, and it was, and it really made life easy for to know at that early age where you want to where you want to go uh, in your life. So uh, my grandfather was not thrilled at all and didn't want to hear about it because he, you know, he built that business for us to take over uh, yep. uh, when, when we became uh, adults. But, you know, I went a, a different way and eventually he accepted it. Sure. And, and with that, I guess my next question sort of follows on um, from watching the documentary is, is would you still not recommend asking in a, in advance of borrowing an elder sibling's car to take out for a ride? Would you say it's better to sort of ask for forgiveness rather than ask for acceptance? <laughs> I'd probably do it all over again the same way. I mean, I where I grew up, I had a lot of room uh, to, to, to go fast. And, you know, today, yep. you know, we're, there's a lot more people in this country, in this world today than there was when I was a kid. So, you know, I, it was a calculated risk, um, but I I was quite good at early age behind the wheel and because that's what I studied. I mean, you look at kids today uh, who are in sports, whether it's football or basketball, that's all they do. They just practice, practice, practice. Well, when I was a kid, it was a you know, pretty much the same theory. I had a lot of room, private property that was owned by my grandfather that I could yep. go fast on. And so I'd learned at an early age how to, how to, I'd learned car control at an early age. By the time I was 14, I was running over a hundred miles per hour. So, uh, and comfortably doing it. Now I would recommend that for the kids today. Uh, but, um, but that's, that was what I did then. Sure. And then with taking that as an example, which is some of the cars that in your time and, and throughout your career that you really 
enjoyed driving the most. Not so, for example, for the results, but which, when you've got behind the wheel, it's been the most fun to drive. Which would you say some of your favorite cars have been? Probably my grandpa's Willie's V8 Jeep. Now, we had lots of cars. My, we had, my dad had Ferraris. My brother had Lotus Elan, Lotus Cortina. Um, and, and I drove them all as a kid. But the most fun was my grandfather's a V8 Jeep, uh, Willie's station wagon. That thing had a lot of power. Plus, it had a straight pipe, so it made a lot of noise. So the, the farmers, uh, the <coughs> farmers used to call my grandpa and, and, and tell him, we could hear your grandson five miles away. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty good accomplishment, though. I'd say I can't be mad at that if you can say if you could hear you having so much fun, right? Oh yeah, they they knew who they knew who was in the car. They knew it wasn't yes. him. That's for sure. They they could tell. They could tell. There's a little bit of driving style difference. Is that what you're telling me? Oh yeah, yeah. They could they they could hear it. They didn't even have to see it. They could hear it. Okay, and then so, but then if we move across into your motor racing career, then which were some of the cars that you enjoyed driving at that point? You know what? I, I get asked that all the time, and I got to tell you, I really never had a favorite car, whether it was IndyCar or, or without question, the 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 best, most high tech car was. Uh, driving Bernie Ecclestone's Formula One car in Portugal, the the Brabham mm -hmm. uh, BMW Turbo. Now that was yep. that was a rocket ship. Okay, so there was nothing nothing to this very day compares to a Formula One car. There's nothing. There's no racing championship or series on the planet that compares to Formula One. Formula One is the NFL of auto racing and there's nothing even close. So um, with that said, you know, the car itself uh, was just, it was unbelievable. Uh, other than that, um, I really never fell in love with, with cars. I fell in love with racing. racing. I love to race, but mm -hmm. I never had any particular car. You know, what was your favorite car that you won in? The one I won in. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my answer. And then and speaking about that, um, are you gonna be I know that you did some racing with the, the VROC with the Vintage Race of Champions. Are you gonna continue to, is that gonna be continuing to do any more of that? Yeah, the Vintage Race of Championship has become a absolute uh, uh it's gone viral. I mean the 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 success of it and the interest in it in one year, because last year was the inaugural series of V-Rock, which is Vintage Race, Vintage Race of Champions. It's IndyCar drivers versus uh, NASCAR drivers, and the drivers that are in are some real bad cats. I mean, they're badass, from Al Unser Jr. to Bobby Labonte, who was just inducted into the NASCAR uh, uh, Hall of Fame uh, a couple of weeks ago. I put Skinner, Bodine, uh, uh, Max Pappas, Paul Trace. There's tons of great drivers in the series, and we. I ended up winning the championship uh, last year, and um, 
and win an Indy on top of one of the races is at, at Indy. And we won mm-hmm. that one. And so uh, I'll be coming back this year in 2020 trying to defend it. And believe me, all the drivers are after me. I'm a marked, I'm a, I've always been marked man. Well, I'm in the post office. That's how much I'm marked now. <laughs> I like that phrase. So, so obviously that means it's going to be, you're going to be uh, back to your, you, does this mean you're heading back to the farm to get some practice on in the off season before you go back to racing on the track again? No, I'm, I'm in Texas and we got plenty of uh, the, the, the ranch my son trains on uh, is 217 acres. So I'm, I've got some practice room there. So you've got a little bit of space to keep yourself busy and go and hopefully the neighbors don't complain too much when they hear you making all those noises. Yeah, no, they, they're, uh, people in Texas, they don't, uh, they're old school. They don't complain a whole lot. But, but so if we step back before we wrap all this up, uh, Willie, so for those, how, for the, obviously I don't want to give too much of the documentary away before people get a chance to watch it. Cause I, I don't think that's fair on them because it's an incredible, incredible documentary. Uh, but how would you best describe uh, the documentary to someone or what's your pitch to someone who who doesn't have a chance or who hasn't heard about you or regards to the background? What's your best way of describing what you say? I, I, I can't describe it other than um, in, in one word, uh, uh, an experience. Well, I think that's I think that's a very, very good way to end it. Really, to give those listeners out there that's going to be listening to this the 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 push that they need to go and watch this documentary, which I think was is really is an incredible piece of filmmaking. It's fantastic to hear your story, and it was wonderful to put see the effort that Adam Kroller and his team have put behind it to to get it out there. And and I really want to congratulate you on on making sure this got this happened and and made it come out there because it was incredible to see and and really was eye opening for me uh to look back in that that period of racing and I really appreciate all the efforts that you went to and and like you said everything that drove you to be successful and be the the guy you are today I mean I think you're an incredible individual and an in, obviously a, an incredible driver and I just I really just want to see you keep on winning Willie T that's what I want to see well, I, 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 and I thank you for those words. And I, I think for those who view the film and, and I'm getting responses from all over the world and, and responses like you made a grown man cry, uh, those kind of responses. Uh, uh, and, you know, I look at Lewis Hamilton, for example, who's six time world champion. And people ask me, do you know Lewis Hamilton? Yes, I do. And I'm proud of him. And what do you say to him? And I say to him, I'm proud of you. Stay tough. Stay tough. Because he's not going through what I went through, but he's still getting, he's still getting it. He's still getting uh, negative uh, uh, comments from guys like Jackie Stewart, for example. So, uh, you know, uh, just blow those guys off. They're a bunch of wimps. And and keep your hammer, keep the hammer down. I mean, I think that's that's fantastic advice, not just for Lewis Hamilton, but I think for anyone. Well, I think that's that truly is the the way to go about it. I think you've got to always keep the 
the eyes focused and hammer down as a way to go forward. Now, a question for you, Willie, with all these people reaching out to you from all over parts of the world, if someone wants to find out more about you on social media and the like, where can they go and, and try and find you and track you down? Well, I, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I got to tell you, um, and I just got on Facebook a couple, a few years ago, and I really am not really good at social media. I think I might have a Twitter. I might, I'm, I think I'm on Twitter, even though my wife has got to do my Twitter because I don't know how to do it. So, hey, um, I, you know. I think that's a good excuse, Willie. I think that's a very valid excuse. I mean, I'm all for that. I, I wish my wife could do my tweets and all my social media. That would make it much easier for me. <laughs> yeah, I do. And, but, you know, I, 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 I love the responses that I'm getting pro and con. And, uh, but, yeah, it's mainly uh, Twitter and, uh, and Facebook is where I'm at at the moment. Perfect. And then obviously you said you're going to be competing in the, the uh, VROC again this year. Will you be doing anything else this year? To, was there any more promotion That's for the movie it. or what else are you doing? Oh, uh, we're, we're, We'll be doing appearances for, for the film uh, this year as well as the V-Rock series, which begins in March in Atlanta uh, in the March and then Indy uh, Father's Day weekend in June and then Virginia in September and then uh, Texas Coda, the Formula One facility in Austin here in November. Well, I think it sounds like you're going to have a pretty busy year, Willie. Oh, yeah, no, we're, uh, you know, we're we're not going to, there's not going to be any grass underneath my, my feet, I can tell you that. But, you know, I, I at 65, you know, I mean, what do you do? When you're 65, you got choices in life. You can, uh, Go out to pasture. You can play bocce ball. You know, you know, a lot of guys, you know, uh, uh, spend their retirement money in strip clubs. So, you know, because <laughs> all they're going to do is look anyway. So, uh, um, you know, I'm I'm going to be on the on the dusty trail, um, racing and um, doing appearances for the film. Well. Well, yeah, thank you. Oh, I was just going to say, well, it sounds like you've got a busy year. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk to me here at No Breaking. I really appreciate that. It's been a, a, a real blast and a real pleasure talking to you. And I just want to thank you again for all the time you've had on the phone with me today. You got a deal, and thank you as well. Thank you, Willie. All right, Willie, have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that, guys. Uh, as always, you can... Reach out to me at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook or at my website, nobreaking.com. That's N-O-B-R-A-K-I-N-G. And we always would like to say, please feel free to leave us at least a five-star review. Um, it's out of five, but petition for more. We always want you to go 17, 18 out of five is something that I'd recommend. But if you can't do that and you don't feel the need to petition, just leave it at five. That's all I'm looking for. Say a few nice words because that's what we want to hear say some nice things, because I like to read those things, and basically, come back and listen again. Subscribe a friend, subscribe two friends, subscribe three friends even, and uh, because that's what we're doing it for, to share the love. Anyway, guys, thanks again for listening. We'll talk. Bye-bye. <laughs>